Are you ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Relationships Rule. My guest this week is Carolyn Choate. And Carolyn and I met networking, of course, because that's what I do online, on Zoom, because she's at the other side of the country. She's in, I think, Maryland. You're in Baltimore? Yes. Correct, yes. Baltimore, Maryland. And Carolyn is the founder of Financially Free Author. She's known as the Heart Guided Sales Funnel Builder. And I just remember meeting her and remembering her glasses, her red glasses, which are on top of her head right now, but you can't see that anyway, so it doesn't matter. She helps coaches, speakers, and authors leverage their books after the launch to grow and scale their business. She's the host of the Financially Free Author Show, has written books in a variety of genres, and was publishing during the wild west of ebook publishing when Kindle first came out. She loves all things marketing, tech, and systems. And um, something I just learned from this little um, bio is that Carolyn enjoys surprising people on Zoom with her knee-length hair, which she showed me, and it definitely is very long. And she enjoys playing board games with her husband. What's your favorite board game, Carolyn? It's called uh, Marvel Legendary. It's a building game. Okay. You know, okay. Board games are a whole other subculture now, and uh, they've they've uh, come a long way from Monopoly. I'll tell you. I know, but are they mostly like Comic Con type things? Like when you said Marvel, like the characters from mm-hmm. Marvel and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not really that into superheroes, but I love the mechanics of how the game works. But there's just a theme for everyone. There's a theme. There's a game called Obsession, which is like a Jane Austen style, like marrying off the people in your family to the proper people so like okay. every kind of theme is out there interesting because those games don't interest me at all i play scrabble i will play and have played um uh, backgammon those are the kind of board games that and you know checkers with the kids and port connect for and i things do like, like to play scrabble with my mom yeah scrabble my husband actually and i met at a board gaming night so oh okay yeah very cool so um yes I'm learning lots about you just in the little time we've had together and I also um I'm fascinated with the world that that eludes me I would say and that is funnels okay funnels I'm not tell me why funnels are so important I think people get really intimidated by that word and Mm -hmm. it doesn't help that there's a lot of ads out there that are like do this thing without the complicated funnels. Like, yeah. oh no, funnels, yeah. so scary. Yeah. But it's really just laying out a path and making sure that you are thinking through what takes people from a stranger that bumps into you on the internet to come and learn more about you, to figuring out, is this someone I want to work with, to how to take that step to work with you. You want to be laying out these garden stone paths stones so that everybody can just go one step to the next step to the next step they don't get confused they don't get lost 
they know where they're going, they don't fall between the cracks. And it automates so much of it so that you can really free up your time to promote one thing, the top of the funnel, because lots of people at the top of the funnel, let them filter down that path, let them get to know you, nurture them. And so much of that is happening automatically so that you're like spending your time doing what you love and what you went into business for, which was okay. not sending people emails one by one. Right, which is still what I do. Okay, <laughs> so um, the thing though is that I can see doing a path, but it's not just writing those emails. It's knowing how and what to write in those emails that are, um, uh, how do you describe them? They're sales, they're sales emails, right? They're, they're um, sales inducing emails. And you're saying that all this path is before they buy anything from you. Yes. Usually. Yes. So how long should that path be? How many email sequence in a sequence on that first go round? I think everything is very custom. Okay. I think that you have to really know your ideal client, what motivates them, what they're afraid of, what they want, and how to speak to them. And I think this is just part of my gift that when people tell me about their businesses, I'm able to see a pretty clear path of what would make sense to start with and to introduce you and to guide people. Um you can make an offer right away, like on the thank you page, if you have, you know, you're giving away a, a piece of value in exchange for someone's email address right. so that you can keep in touch with them. Right. And they're really paying you. You know, some people feel like, oh my gosh, why am I giving away this important, valuable thing for, for free? But yeah, that's a whole other story we should get into for a minute, but oh, go ahead. Yes. There's so that. much mindset around this. Yeah. An email address and permission to contact someone is gold. Yeah. That is currency. So have respect for that. If somebody says yes to you joining a to joining your list, that's enormous. So pour into them, give them value. And you can redirect then after they've get, put their email address into a thank you page. And the thank you page is really, really, really valuable. Because sometimes people don't open that email with the thing that they asked for. Mm -hmm. Look at your stats and you go, why? Why? But they don't. But they're going to see that page. Ideal clients for you are going to see that page. So some people will put a low cost offer there, something called a tripwire, where it's like a 5 to $7 item. I like to put a community space there. If you have a Facebook group or a Mighty Networks, this is a great mm -hmm. opportunity to invite people to come further into community with you. Sometimes I put my YouTube channel there so that people can come and follow and get to know me better. Mm -hmm. And then usually my funnels, my welcome funnel is only a few emails long. It's delivering the freebie that you mm -hmm. promised and mm -hmm. then encouraging people to use it to make sure that they're actually opening it, utilizing it, ask them questions about it, give them support and help because that's another sticking point where people download lots and lots of freebies and I'm totally mm. talking about myself right now yeah and say okay I'm going to get to that so help to encourage them to get to it sooner so that they can have that transformation that you want for them so they can see the thing that you want for them mm -hmm. and then you tell them a little bit more about you and what you love and are motivated by why you're doing what you're doing why this matters to you bring them into that vision of what you want to do for the world and invite them to come along with you with whatever that next step is, which for most of my clients is, you know, get on a discovery call. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Okay. So I just want to go back to that statement that you made earlier about some people um, thinking, that why should I give this away kind of thing? And I can't believe it, but there are people today who think that way. How it's, you know, I'm all about relationship building. And for me, I really have gotten to believe more and more and more that just the more you give away, the more comes back to you, right? And even if you're giving away one of your, um, you know, training tips or tricks or whatever that you know that they could use and you usually you charge for that, they don't necessarily even remember it or know what to do with it at that given time. What they think they remember is that you were kind enough to do it. So isn't that more important than, you know, being um, limited and, and holding on to things? You know, do you have people that, that start out that way with you and you kind of have to nurture them? I usually actually have the opposite because I love to work with gentle, heart-centered, service-first people, including myself. So we really struggle with the other side of it, of wanting to give away everything for free. Okay. Why do I have to charge people for this? I want to help. Yes. So yeah, that's a whole Fair other enough. problem. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I can but see. Whatever that. it is that you're giving away, you want to think of it in terms of that path. So is there something people need to know before they're going to be ready to say yes to your bigger offer? Mm -hmm. Is there some way that they need to become? Is there a person they need to transform into to be ready for that? And that way it's not like, oh, I'm giving away my, my secret sauce. It's I'm helping people become the person they need to be to want my secret sauce, to ask for it. Okay. And it's again super custom because for me as a as a service provider where I do done for you sales funnels, mm -hmm. a lot of times I can give away every secret there is. I can tell people exactly how to build a funnel, exactly what to put on it, exactly what tech I use, and they still will hire me to do it because they get overwhelmed by hearing all of these things. Yeah, so good point. I can give away everything and they still are like, hmm, that sounds like a lot. Maybe you should just do it. Yeah, maybe you should just do it for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you have a, a quote on your uh, website. You poured your heart and soul into writing a book and the world needs to hear your message. But what happens when your sales fizzle out after the initial launch? Even getting to the initial launch can be, um, I think, quite um not horrific, but quite, um, uh, I don't know the word, but intense, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, um, so what, what do you see? Do you see then that the, that the book now needs another whole funnel around it after the initial launch is done? Is that what you were sort of thinking? It about? depends, but that's usually what I'm building for people. So yeah, we get really focused on the launch period of the book and it, it takes a lot of our attention and energy and we want it to be successful. And so we're just, we can't think beyond that moment. And there's a bit of a letdown afterwards because you, you launch right. it and great, okay, we got some sales and then it doesn't last forever. It right. starts going down and you are like, huh, well, uh, I don't know what happens next. I just thought launch, that's it. Um, right. I find that a lot of people, if they're writing a book to support their business, it very much connects with that larger offer, with their paid services, and it makes for a great first step for people. 
So I usually will build a funnel that takes uh, a chapter or an exercise, a portion of value from the book and use that as the list builder, as getting people mm. onto your email list and starting that email sequence. And, you know, it again, depends thinking through when does it make sense to offer the whole book? A lot of times people will offer it as get the whole rest of the book as a free bonus when you sign up for this course mm -hmm. or something along those lines. And sometimes it doesn't. So wherever you're always like imagining your ideal person stepping along that path and going, okay, well, if I gave them this free exercise, then on the thank you page, they're probably not ready to buy the book yet because they haven't even read that section yet. So what does make sense to offer them there? What is a good next step for them before they've had a chance to read this chapter or, or take advantage of this exercise. And this also works too for people who participate in multi-author books. Oh, you read my mind. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you get your chapter, you know, this is a nice, uh, easier way to get yourself in a book without having to write the entire thing. Yeah. And the, the publishers who put together these collaborative books are, are very supportive. They help you a lot with getting to that launch yeah. and um, they want, they want you to succeed, you know, so they're trying to help you with everything and you can take that chapter and make that your free list builder. Mm, haven't done that yet. We need to talk. So tell me, tell me how you got into this. How did oh, you get into this? What a roundabout road. <laughs> So when I was a teen, I decided that I wanted to be a novelist. I was really into reading and I, I thought I need to know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Okay. Right now. So I decided on that and I focused all my attention on it and I got a bachelor's degree in creative writing and I got a master's degree in professional creative writing. And it took me 10 years to write that first book. Oh, wow. And I ended up self-publishing it, as we talked about earlier, wow. but what, what I hadn't foreseen was I can't make a living if I wrote a book every decade. Yeah, right. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people who are authors first, and that's not necessarily my clients because coaches right. may not see themselves as authors first, but people who do are, are, I don't know, we get this impression that like, we'll write this brilliant, great American novel and then rest on our laurels and that's it. And that is not how it works at all. So it, uh, <laughs> I, like, it really derailed me. So in my early twenties, I was kind of lost adrift, like, uh-oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life anymore. And I tried so many different things and I really was discouraged with myself. I felt like I'm not ambitious. I'm not a good worker and I'm such an entitled brat. Oh, I'm the worst, I'm a millennial, you know. I was so down on everything and I had trouble staying with a job because I would learn everything and then I'd get bored and then I'd feel like I was dying and I'd get out. And the cycle went on and on and on until I met my husband and we got married and we had children. I tried to be a stay-at-home mom. I thought maybe that's my path. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I couldn't stop side hustling. I just was so fascinated with the internet and the internet didn't exist when I was a teenager, really. It, it really came into fruition in my early twenties. And I was just so fascinated by all the ways that you could sort of weave this web around the, the internet. And so 
that eventually led me into networking and doing my own entrepreneurial stuff. And I was like, oh, it's not that I'm an entitled brat or broken. I just have an entrepreneurial spirit, which no one in my family has ever had. So I really didn't recognize it. And I really, really thrived with doing things my own way and making my own choices and networking more and more. And I, I eventually, I thought sales funnels are easy. I thought this is a thing anybody can do. It's so simple. It's so obvious. <laughs> and a lot of us do that, I've discovered. When, we, when we're talented at something, we just dismiss it as that's the stuff anybody could do. I'm not special. Right. But you are special. And, you do and when it comes easy to you, there are people it doesn't come easy to. And I just fell in love with building these funnels and the puzzle of how to put them together and the thrill when you make it work and when a piece of tech doesn't want to communicate and you finally force it to and it feels great. It's a high. Well, that actually uh, I find really interesting that you are, you know, you're a writer. That's your formal training, your formal education. You're a writer. And you also like tech. To me, that like seems oxymoronic in, in it. That really nice. surprised me. I, yeah. would tell you. I always saw myself as just a creative person and not a tech person. My brother is in IT. And so he was like, he's the computer guy. He's the programmer yeah. guy. Yeah. And once I started trying it, it just, it just all <laughs> fell into place. And now my brother and I get to have conversations that everyone else around <laughs> us is like, what the heck are they talking about? Yeah. So I guess I have to ask this question because it's so prevalent right now, but how do you see AI in the mix for what you do? That's a good question. Yeah. I think we're going to have to learn to adapt to it because you can't put things back. You know, Mm -hmm. once it's out there, it's out there. There's no stopping it. You can't put Mm -hmm. regulations and make, make it disappear. So We have to learn to figure out the best ways to move forward with it. I think that it can be a really valuable tool, but it's not going to replace your voice. And this is something that I fear for people that I think when you're intimidated about marketing, you think I need to find those magic words. I need to find that special marketing copy that's going to make people instantly want to buy. And so you turn to AI to write that copy for you. And you get this very generic, very salesy kind of language. That's not the magic key. Because the magic key is inside you already. (laughs) You've played around with it already. I have. Yes. Yeah. And um, can you see using it as a starting point for somebody? But you have to be very careful to, to... Maybe even, I don't know. I mean, I've played around with it too and I, I've used it uh, as a starting point. But I think um, I think you have to be careful that, uh, I, don't know, I don't even know like where the fine line is that makes it your own, you know? Because if, you, if you're not comfortable writing, how can you have a voice? I guess you can say whether it sounds like you or not. That's basically it, right? You got to put your heart into it. And you have to be not afraid to put your heart into it. You have to not think that the magic selling formula is somebody who's good at copywriting doing it for you. Yeah. Because it's really about having your authentic 
voice and heart in there and to be okay with being vulnerable and authentic in your marketing copy because it resonates with people and it rivets them to you. Well, okay. So when you're writing those funnel pieces for somebody, those emails, how are you them? How are you their voice? Is that your, is that your gift or is that you working? Because you don't work with them, right? You do it for them. It has evolved a little bit because at first I was doing these funnels in a single day. Okay. Oh, so I would just deliver the whole thing in one day because I like to hyper focus. Um, but that didn't really leave room for people to have the revisions. So I'm doing it now in a week so that I can write the copy and send it over and have the client look at it and make sure that it does feel like them. I am pretty good at yeah. mimicking people's voices. And that's something I developed in college, actually, because we used to do these exercises of write like this famous author. And uh-huh. um, I think my favorite one was, um, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Flannery O'Connor. She okay. has a, a super unique voice and it was so much fun to try to imitate her style. So um, I've seen okay. people trying to do that on with AI now, right? In the style of so-and-so. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and I would say it won't work. Maybe it will work. I don't you know. know. I just I mean, want to make I'm, sure I'm, that people are empowered to not think that they need to put what the AI said instead of what makes sense or feels right to them. Right. No, I, I agree. I'm not trying, I'm not, you know, trying to promote it in, in any way, shape or form, but I think that it's a tool, another tool that, but you know, it, it's going to have many um, repercussions for a lot of people who don't use it properly or who plagiarize and so on and so forth, because it's hard not to, it's hard sometimes to not see that that's what you're doing. Right. Um, yeah, or like you don't stand out. You're not differentiating yourself because you're using more generic language that is coming right. from AI. Right. But one of the ways that I use AI is for um, looking up keywords. Okay. Doing outlines. I've outlined novels with it. Okay. So, Fair enough. That sounds like, so yeah, I outlined a chapter that I was asked to do in a book um, yeah. around, um, uh, you know, the topic that I was talking about relationships and, uh, and it gave me sort of a framework that I could then a different one, like I wanted something different than what I had before kind of thing. So yeah, it helps me because I'm, I, I can't start it. I, once I get started, I'm okay. Yeah. But, um, page. Yeah. You. Really interesting. Um, and uh, I know you work with uh, a lot of coaches and speakers, authors, that kind of um, thing. So can you think of one um, client success that was so exciting that you had, they had from doing their work with you? And you don't have to name names, but you know, just an example. I think the real success comes from the relief of knowing that it's taken care of when you've put it off or you've thought maybe a funnel is something I'm, I should have. Mm-hmm. And so the, the most glowing testimonials I get are all centered around this. I had all these pieces and I didn't know how to put them together and I spent years putting it off and now I have a funnel and I finally have this piece so I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's taken care of. And uh, so I love that. So nobody's called and said, oh, well, you won't believe who just what just happened as a result of my first 
funnel piece or whatever. Like, you know, they got the, no, you know, no, it hasn't been like you turn it on and suddenly, you know, 500 leaves come tearing down your door. Yeah, um, so they're, they're, they're a little gentler. I mean, you can do funnels that are a little bit more pushy, and maybe those work more like that ATM style. But mine <laughs> are more built on the relationship over time, building up that nurture, and recognizing that sometimes people come on your list and they aren't ready to buy from you for two or three years. Yeah, but when they are, they remember you because they've been getting that nurturing content. Yeah, it's interesting that um, I notice sometimes. Um, like I put out a, just a, a newsletter, um, not a newsletter, uh, an email every week. I try to do it every week about my latest, um, podcast episode, you know, so that my list knows that there's a new one out there and whatever. And I don't think about the fact that nothing much happens with it until I get a call where, or a, a message that says, um, I want to introduce you to this person. I love getting your emails every week, right? And so you know that someone you know has now been triggered to make an introduction for someone or that kind of thing, because that just happened yesterday. And so you know that that comes from those emails that you send out. Um, but in a sense, what I'm getting, what I'm trying to talk about here is that all of that, however, to me is passive. It's very passive. And so the active, the activity part is obviously you getting out there and, um, and um, speaking to people and being at networking. You still have to fill the funnel. The yeah, funnel exactly. doesn't work by itself for the most part. There are ways to automate that. And it usually costs money. You know, you have to put ads into it if you want it to just run by itself. You have right. to find some way of filling that funnel with people. Um, so, but like I said earlier, it's nice to know that you can sort of focus on that one thing, focus on getting people to say yes to a free thing. You don't have to be selling them because the funnel will do the selling for you. Right, right. Um, so as an author, because I know you're a multi-book author, um, as an author, what do you read? Do you read? Do you read or do you listen or do you um why? I do. I do read. Um, my husband is dyslexic, so he listens to audiobooks more. They put me to sleep. But we found this perfect balance where I read the books out loud and we call it Book on Carolyn. <laughs> I love that. I love reading aloud. I totally love reading aloud. It, um, it helps. Yeah, it keeps me engaged and yeah. used to paying attention to it in that format. And it's great. Um, I love it. So what kind of books do you read? We really like um, thrillers, like psychological thrillers and mysteries. And um, of course, I like romance. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love a good love story. I like the rom-coms, like the light feeling chick lit style. And that I'd rather watch on, on a movie. For <laughs> me. Yeah. But I like um, because I can watch it and do something else at the same time, <laughs> usually. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah. So do you listen to podcasts? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love podcasts. And Podcasts are actually where I started with the networking, which has led to so many amazing things for my business. I had no idea what was in store for me. But when I really first hung out my shingle on the internet, I said, I'm going to go get on podcasts. So I started networking to locate podcast interview opportunities. And the reason for that was 
I used to listen to a marketing podcast and it was these two gals that would just talk about marketing and it was so cozy and comfortable. You felt like you're just sitting in their living room. And I built up so much trust and just love with them that when they announced that they had a product, I went out and bought it immediately. I didn't talk to anybody. I just bought it. Turns out the podcast had stopped airing five years earlier. And I had no idea that what I was listening to was old and the product didn't exist anymore. And I had to hunt them down on social media to get a refund. Oh, that's hysterical. So in that moment, I said, podcasts are powerful. They are definitely. Yes. Cause they're out there forever, right? They're pretty much they're out there forever. And people get to hear the authenticity of your voice and yeah. get to know you in this way. That is just, I love doing my podcast. It's so much fun. So let me ask you a couple of um, short questions. So um, one of the things that I have, I haven't done it for a while actually now, but I'm, um, I was asking pretty much all of my guests one of these questions, but I'm going to ask you, do you, because I'm so curious and you already know that, um, do you believe that curiosity is innate or learned? That's part one. And part two is what are you most curious about these days yourself? Oh, oh, I love curiosity. I feel like if we're not staying curious, we're just dying. Like, yeah, I agree. I yeah. think it's definitely innate. I think, yeah, human beings got to where we are now because we just get curious and ask questions and need to understand things and go, why? Why does that happen? And, you know, I see it with my seven year old. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I don't think they're all that. Well, I, I'm not, it's not, not <laughs> maybe not everyone's like that. I think it's innate. And what are you most curious about today? I do think it's innate, but maybe that's just the people that I hang out with. Yeah, that's fine. Um, fine. There's no right or wrong answer. Definitely. You know, everyone knows who I'm curious about so many things. Um, my mind is racing now. Just like, curious, curious, curious. I love learning new things. So I'm always digging into stuff. I'm learning lots about book launching right now because I focus so much on the other side after the launch. Mm-hmm. And asking me for the launch part because that's the part uh-huh. they're thinking about. So I've been digging into that a lot. I've been digging into how to make better YouTube videos, mm. video editing, photo manipulation, graphics, like all of that stuff I have never done because I've always been the words person. Right. So I'm having a really great time learning all that stuff. I've been teaching myself uh, a Photoshop knockoff, ironically called GIMP. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh yeah um and just like my seven-year-old asks questions and I say I don't know the answer to that let's go try to find out and so we go and try to find out and he's been getting curious about language because I've been studying Hindi and he watches me practicing my Hindi and so we talk about where did language come from and fantastic yeah so you are a curious person no question yes wow all right last question what um would you what piece of advice would you give my audience who are like us entrepreneurs small business owners coaches consultants um sales professionals what would you um say to them uh, what's your best business tip don't be afraid to be you and to do it your own way you're going to hear a lot of people say 
this is the right way to do it. This is the only way. This, this, none of these things are working. This is what's working now. Tune it all out. You know in your heart what makes sense for you and your audience and what's authentic to you. And the marketing that works is the one that feels right to you. That's great. That's great advice. Thank you. And where can my audience get hold of you? And I'll put it in the show notes, of course. <laughs> my website is financiallyfreeauthor.com. Okay. I also have a YouTube channel under that same name where I put out lots of educational videos about both book marketing and funnel tech. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I'll be checking that out too. Um, so thank you. Thank you for spending the time with us today. And thank you for all of your um, uh, advice about funnels because I know we hear it all the time. And it doesn't have to be complicated, but it does work. And so, especially for books that, as you said, they've um, already launched and then what? Mm -hmm. You get more traction from them if you do these things. So thank you. I hope that it um, has provided some, some inspiration and some yeah, ideas. Definitely some curiosity. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to my audience again for being here, being loyal and if you like what you heard, please leave a review and uh, a rating. And uh, don't forget to subscribe so you get the next episodes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes and remember to stay connected and be remembered.